Good morning. My name is Bob Thomas. I'm one of the pastors here at Stony Brook United Methodist Church. On behalf of our senior pastor, Reverend David Hoffman, who is running an indoor half marathon today. Uh, that was when he was starting. I'm hoping he's still standing up and going. Um, in case you're wondering, he's at Ohio Northern Ada. Uh, a half marathon is 105.5 laps around the indoor stadium. Every 30 minutes, they go the other way. So we're, we're wishing David well today. And on behalf of our associate pastor, Reverend Jennifer Casey, who is our preacher of the morning, I want to greet you and welcome you to our service today and tell you that we're glad that you're with us here in person and we're glad those that are worshiping with us online. It's time to complete your connection card. If you'll take it out of your worship packet and, and fill that out, we'd appreciate you doing that. It also gives you an opportunity to fill in your prayer requests. And our online host is putting a link in the chat box uh, for those that are watching online. And we'd invite and really encourage those that are watching online today uh, to take a moment and fill out the, fill out the commitment or the uh, connection card. And, and then again, if you have prayer concerns, we would be honored to, to be in prayer with you today or this week as well. Two announcements that I'd share today. There is a job opportunity here at Stony Brook. We've mentioned it before, and, and we still have that opening. We have an opening for an evening custodian, two to three days a week. It's only four hours an evening. If you or know of someone that would be interested, or if you have any further questions, you can contact Kimberly in the church office. And it is time to sign up for our summer ASP experience. It'll be July 17 through 22. The location will be announced in the spring. And you can come as an adult. And I just want to just take a quick poll. How many have done ASP in the room this morning? Lots of hands going up. So there's opportunity for you to go back again this year. It's for our 7th grade through 12th grade students. It's a life-transforming experience. And so uh, if you have interest, you can talk to Jason Sheldon, our director of youth ministries. Or you can simply go online or, and fill out the application. I did find out that uh, Stephen Shoup uh, will be again on staff. And here comes Stephen's dad uh, coming in. So on, on cue. And Stephen is going to be back at um, ASP this year. Our prelude this morning, um, Kate Force, uh, uh, Fornshell will be playing uh, the prelude from the cello suite number one by J.S. Bach. Thank you. 
Thank you so much, Kate. Will you stand now for our choral introit, Rejoice in the Lord Always. Join us if you know it. responsively. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say it, rejoice. Today we Seek the peace of God that will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Turn your hearts away from the distractions and disappointments of life that will always flow in and flow out like the tide. Set your affections on things above and worship the Lord who loves you and cares for you. We come to worship God who alone is excellent and worthy of praise. Rejoice, ye pure in heart. Let us sing together. And it says that we'll be having a baptism. Unfortunately, the, um, the family all have COVID. And so the Moynihan uh, Bruin will be baptized at a later date. We want to let you, we're going to be continuing to keep them in our prayers. They're doing well, have minor symptoms, but are quarantining at home today. As we pause for prayer today, I just wanted to lift up um, one of our sisters, Pam um, Sanders, died this past week. We're going to remember John and the family in our prayers. We do not have any further details uh, about uh, the services, but keep John in your prayers um, and Pam's passing. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, we are filled with joy and gratitude that you sent your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, as the eternal light, coming into our world like a new day rising, 
turning our darkness into a new dawn, bringing expectations of renewal and hope, shaking us out of slumber into new activity. We celebrate you as the light of the world. But the light of Christ coming into our world exposed to us the dark sides of our souls that need to be recognized, confessed, and cleansed. By the light of Christ coming into our world, illuminate the possibilities trapped within us that can be tapped for use, developed for growth, expended in service to others. By the light of Christ coming into our world, guide us in directions that are straight in going somewhere, meaningful to our minds, eternal in destination. By the light of Christ coming into our world, reflect from our lives God's grace that heals hurts, God's goodness that helps others, God's glory that inspires people to worship you. By the light of Christ coming into our world, create clean hearts within each of us and in all of us so that we may have greater concern for the whole world, increased sensitivity to all human needs, generosity in giving our goods to aid others. Help us, like St. Paul, to find joy and your holy presence in all of life's circumstances. Give us grateful hearts for all the abundance that we enjoy and, and help us not to forget that everything we have is a gift from you. And even the daily bread that nourishes our bodies and Jesus, the bread of life that brings abundance beyond measure. Eternal light coming always into our world and lives. Show us to use the wonder of your presence Shed abroad in us the radiance of your love. Shine through us the colors of your goodness that all may know the joy of your love. Hear us now as we pray the Lord's Prayer from the Voice Bible Translation. And we pray. Our Father in heaven, let your name remain holy. Bring about your kingdom. Manifest your will here on earth as it is manifest in heaven. Give us each day that day's bread, no more, no less, and forgive us our debts as we forgive those who owe us something. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. But let your kingdom be, and let it be powerful and glorious forever. Amen. Listen now as the vocal ensemble sings for us Heather Sorensen's The New Lord's Prayer.
Hear now these ancient and holy words, uh, first from the sixth chapter of Matthew, verse 11. Give us this day our daily bread. And now from Philippians chapter 4, verses 10 through 13. I rejoice in the Lord greatly. Now at last you have revived your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned for me, but had no opportunity to show it. Not that I am referring to being in need, for I have learned to be content with whatever I have. I know what it is to have little, and I know what it is to have plenty. In any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being well-fed and of going hungry, of having plenty and of being in need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. This is the word of God for all of God's children. Thanks be to God. Let us join our voices together in response to the word singing Sweet Hour of Prayer.
Oh God, for the gift of these ancient and holy words that have been preserved for us, we give you thanks. We ask that you open our hearts, our minds, our spirits to receive the message you would have for us today. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Many people appreciate stability, tradition, knowing what to expect. It gives us a sense of calm, a sense of peace, a feeling of being in control. Many of us don't appreciate change all that much, as it can often spark anxiety. Now, this can be especially evident in churches. Mess with something that is comfortable or held near to a church's heart, and there will be some strong reactions. For those who have been a part of a church for any length of time, you probably have already experienced this. It can be anything from changing the color of the carpet, to changing a worship time, to changing a key leadership position within the church. Change sparks anxiety. And though some of these things that spark anxiety may seem trivial to some of us, the anxiety around it is very real, and it can play out in very unhelpful and kingdom-limiting ways. Throughout our six-week sermon series, we are taking a journey through the Lord's Prayer together. This is the prayer that Jesus taught to his disciples after they asked Jesus to teach them to pray. While Jesus prayed many times throughout his public ministry, this is the only time that we have recorded for us that Jesus gives very specific instructions on how to pray. It seems it would be good for us to pay attention The Lord's Prayer is one of those elements of worship that we can count on to be the same week after week. There's comfort in this. And in our church, it's custom for us to join our voices together at the end of the Lord's, at the end of the pastoral prayer and say the Lord's Prayer together. It's a fitting way to end the pastoral prayer, this time of prayer when the pastor speaks on behalf of the people. It's fitting then for all of our voices to join together, united as a way of closing this prayer together. What I'm wondering is, how has the version change of the Lord's Prayer these past couple of weeks been for you? How has it impacted you? I suspect you've had a reaction to the change, and I'd be curious to hear about it. Has it been uncomfortable with the words different than what we're familiar with, with the cadence and the rhythm changing? Have you appreciated the use of different words throughout the prayer? Has it opened you up in new ways? Or have the changes been so distracting that it's been hard to pray? I'd be curious to hear your reaction. As we opened the beginning of this series with the beginning of the prayer, Our Father in Heaven, 
Pastor David pointed out that Jesus' use of our Father shows that God is the God of all people, not just us. So when we pray this prayer to our Father, we are praying to the God who includes all in God's kingdom. Last week, we focused on God's kingdom, a kingdom that's unlike any earthly kingdom. When we pray for God to bring about God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven, we are asking for God's way to prevail, not our way. This week, we're going to settle in on give us this day our daily bread. In continuing with Pastor David's theme on all things English and language related, have you ever noticed that this part of the prayer is just a little bit redundant? Jesus has us asking this day for our daily bread. Not just give us our daily bread, which would seem to be clear enough, but this day give us our daily bread. Why the redundancy, Jesus? Perhaps we should be paying attention. United Methodist pastor Adam Hamilton points out that bread is mentioned over 300 times throughout the scriptures. We find references to bread all throughout the Bible, from the early Israelites and the manna which came from heaven to Jesus as the bread of life and to his offering of self through the communion supper. Bread is important. It's tangible. It's something we can see, we can touch, we can smell, we can taste. Bread is foundational in our human diets. Bread goes stale quickly. It's a food source which must be eaten soon after it's produced. One cannot hoard bread. Even our freezers don't stop the de decaying process. They just slow it down for a bit. Bread tastes best when it's fresh. It nourishes our bodies. It helps us to grow and to stay strong. It provides us fuel and gives us energy. Bread is essential. Despite what some fad diets may say, our brains need carbohydrates, carbohydrates that we can find in breads in order to function. Before the pandemic, I was a certified group fitness instructor for the YMCA on a very, very part-time basis. And I vividly remember going through the training on nutrition when the dietitian shared with us that they had seen people who had so had restricted their carbohydrates so severely that it impacted brain functioning. Now, I'm certainly not offering diet advice in this sermon, but what I am trying to do is make the point that Jesus knew what was essential for life, for functioning, for flourishing for pleasure. And through this prayer, we are reminded that it is God who is the provider of all that is essential for life. We should probably pay attention. 
not just to the reminder that it is God who provides, but also that Jesus instructs us to pray for that which we need today. Not what we had yesterday, not what we hope for for tomorrow, but just what we need for today. This is hard. This prayer is no joke. If we are praying it earnestly, it is a radical prayer. It goes completely against the messages we receive from society. Jesus knew our human tendency to be anxious and to worry. He addresses it many times throughout his public ministry. In fact, if we were to read just a little bit further in the sixth chapter of Matthew, he speaks very directly to worry, anxiety, and resisting the urge to hoard when he says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Our human tendency to worry and be anxious about the future is a serious driver in our lives. It is hard to stay in the moment, to not worry about the future, especially if your most basic needs are not being met. Things like food and water and shelter and love. These are very real experiences for many people. And yet, Jesus tells us not to worry about the future. Perhaps it's because Jesus also instructs us to love one another. And, that, and in that, we are responsible for ensuring that all people have food, all people have water, all people have shelter, and all people are loved. It is our job, our joy to be in community with others. And it is the way that God helps our hearts to grow and develop. This is hard to happen when we focus so much on ourselves and focus on that which we may not have. You know, we've seen this play out in odd ways throughout the pandemic. Like, why on earth were we hoarding toilet paper at the beginning? It seems such a silly and illogical thing to stock up on. And yet, it was a very real, anxious response to a very real virus that was disrupting the comfort of our lives. Give us this day our daily bread. In other words, God, give only what we need for today. Sustain us today. Tomorrow is another day, but today we focus on today. Not yesterday, not tomorrow, but today. Pay attention to today. Stay in the present. God has given us all that we need today. Not only do we get anxious and worry about the future and try to stock up and hoard and make sure that we are cared for going forward, but we also have this tendency to look back, to romanticize the past, to think that we had it better back then. And when this happens, we end up putting our energy and our effort into trying to recreate how things used to be. This is not God's nature. God is the God who is constantly creating and recreating, constantly making all things new. 
pay attention to today. Life is not going to go back to how it was before the pandemic. The church isn't going to go back. Our families aren't going to go back. Society is not going to go back. We've experienced too much. The pandemic has radically shifted our lives. Too much trauma has occurred. Too many lives have been lost. Too much disruption in the workforce has happened. And too many people have taken stock of what is really important in their lives. We're not going back to how it used to be. It would be good for us to pay attention to what is right here, right now. How has God provided for us today in the midst of a pandemic? What ministries of the church are we engaged in right now? How is God alive and at work through us? Are our eyes open to the blessings in our midst? Or are we going to be like the poet Rumi when he says in one of his poems, you carry a basket full of bread, yet you beg for crumbs from door to door. Friends, we are carrying baskets full of bread. God has provided for us abundantly. Stony Brook is a well-resourced church. Through financial gifts, through a beautiful, well-cared-for building, through the beauty of the creek and nature all around us, through the setting of Gehanna, the city in which we find ourselves, through our music ministries, our caring ministries, our missions, our small groups, our worship, and through all of you who are engaged in the mission and ministries of Stony Brook Church. We have an abundance of bread today. It would be good for us to pay attention, to accept that things may not look like they did before, to accept the bounty that is before us right here, right now, to share it with others and to give thanks for it all. May we be a church who shows the world what it looks like to be utterly dependent on God each and every day asking every day for God to provide for us, asking every day for God to show us how we can help others, asking us every day for only our daily allotment of bread. May we be a church who models what Paul modeled when he was imprisoned and wrote to the church at Philippi. He was utterly dependent on others because the prison did not provide him the resources necessary for survival. The church stepped up. They provided everything Paul needed in order to be fed and to survive. And Paul was grateful. He rejoiced in the God that provided for him in days where he had abundance and days where he had little. He rejoiced knowing that God was the source of all life. If you had a chance to embrace Pastor David's invitation to pray the Lord's Prayer each day throughout this sermon series, if so, what's been happening for you? How are the familiar words opening your heart differently? What is God doing in you? 
And if not, it's not too late. You can start today and continue each day over the next three weeks. Let's see what God will do through Stony Brook when we come together and earnestly pray this prayer taught to us by Christ. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. May you pay attention to the bread that God has given to you today. And may you give thanks to God for the gift of life which has been granted for you. May it be so for each and every one of us. Amen. It is our custom on the fifth Sunday of the month uh, to do a special offering for the United Methodist Children's Home Family Services. And so that opportunity is ours today as we participate in our regular weekly offerings. You can live, leave your offering in the basket at the rear, or you can uh, send a check to the church, or you can go online at stonybrook.church forward slash give. Will you stand now as we sing the doxology together? <clears throat> Thanks, O Lord. Receive these, our gifts, to spread the gospel in word and deed. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Remain standing as we sing together, standing on the promises.
And you can stand on this process, that, the, uh, that this promise, that the God who created you, loves you, is with you every step of the way. You get to take that knowledge that God will provide for you every single day out into the world and share it with others. Share this good news of the saving grace of Jesus Christ with the world. Go in peace, my friends. Amen.